In the following live session recording, Beverly Skinner, state missionary with the Georgia Baptist Women of Georgia Baptist Mission Board, leads the session, Women's Ministry Idea Exchange. Join other women's ministry leaders from your area to exchange ideas about effective ministry with women in the church. Let's join Beverly now. Welcome. I'm glad you've come. Um, this is going to be much more interactive than the last sessions that you've been to. Um, I think all of you have already been here. Have all of you already been to a session in here? Is this your first one? Okay. Well, I'm glad you're here. It's your first one, too. All right, so a couple of you have been. Um, so this is going to be much more, let's talk together, let's share ideas together. Is this your first time in here, too? I think. For this session? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, first time you've been in this room. Yes. Yeah, I thought so. Um, so we're going to exchange ideas and, and just kind of talk together. So to do that mess, it'll help if we know each other a little bit. So I'm going to... Have you introduce yourselves, and I'll start with me. Um, my name is Beverly Skinner, and I work with Georgia Baptist Women. And a large part of my job responsibility is supporting women's ministry leaders around the state. And so um, another big part of my job responsibility is understanding and helping us connect to women 18 to 35. And I mention that because a lot of times in this conversation we're about to have, uh, people are asking the question of how do we connect across generations in our church? How do we get younger women involved? Sometimes it comes up, a big question is, how do we get older women involved? Because we've got younger women, but older women are not connected. So anyway, that's part of my job responsibility. My background um, before I came to this was in collegiate ministry. And so that's where that comes from. So, I, you'll learn more about me and kind of some things that we do, but I, I at least want you to know that. All right, before we start our discussion, now that we've met each other, let me pray for us and ask God to guide our time together. Father, thank you uh, for these women and the roles that you've given them and the callings that you've given them in their churches, um, in their communities. And Father, I ask you to guide our conversation together today and um, just lead us where you want us to go. And I pray, like Cindy talked about in the earlier sessions today, that you will give us um, one golden nugget that we can take away from this time together uh, that will help us all as we serve in our own churches. In your name I pray. Amen. Okay, I just really, I'm going to ask you some questions, and I want you to talk to each other. We're a small enough group. I don't need to break you up. Um, you may have to speak up so you can be heard across the room. Um, and I may write down some ideas so that um, if you hear something, you think, oh, I want to you know, remember that, I'll write it down, and then you can take pictures of the signs or whatever you want to do. But um, let me hear from any of you, whether you've been leading in women's ministry or not, um, whether you've been a participant or you've observed it, what is one or two things that you've seen in the last, say, I'm going to say 18 to 24 months, so the last year to two years, that have been really successful in your church for women. What has worked really well that at the end you thought, that was a win, and either we should do that again or they should do that again? Yes, ma'am. Actually, I started a crochet club. Okay. And um, only two people from my church actually joined. I'm drawing in people from the community, right? And we had uh, nine people on Thursday in just a year's time. 
That's great. We went from two to nine, so. Okay, I'm listening. I'm just getting yeah, this written down. Right. All right. So tell us, how have you connected outside of your church? Like women in the community, on how did they face, do that? On Facebook. Okay, like how did they come? Like, did you make Facebook announcements? Yes, I've put on um, on our local Oldfort County uh -huh. uh, on Facebook site. I kind of at the beginning put a little blurb of what we were and that we teach crochet and um, um, that um, if they wanted information they could call me and it's taken me about a year but I get a lot of response in this last last couple of months I've been getting a lot of response um, as far as likes and things like that and people asking questions and um, I was really really excited when we had nine on Thursday yeah, <laughs> but we sure. meet we only meet uh, one Thursday of the month and one Saturday okay. of the month so that I could draw in people that worked mm -hmm. on the on the weekend and I've had a lot of people say they were going to come and haven't come yet but I had this on Thursday I had a lady come in that I've been she's been answering my my text every time I or the message mm -hmm. um, uh, for about a year now mm -hmm. And she finally showed up. That's great. <laughs> and she brought her mom. That's great. That's <laughs> so fantastic. it is working. Yeah. And people are ha in the community have um, are starting to connect our name um, with our projects that we've been doing. Um, we did um, um, first year we did 62 Afghans for a nursing home. Oh, that's good. And then we did. Um, Meal, the next year we did Meals and Wheels and um, shut-ins of our church. Um, last year we did the Sheriff's Department. Oh. And on February of this year we gave all the deputies an Afghan. Wow. That's cool. And then um, for Christmas we're doing um, the foster children of Oglethorpe County. So. I like that. Mm-hmm. It's growing, and people, people. We put our our label on all the Afghans, mm -hmm. and um, our name is getting out there. So people are starting to recognize it. So here's what we talk about in Georgia Baptist Women. Some of you've heard me say this several times already this weekend, but um, Georgia Baptist Women, we um, we are here to serve you, and, and however you serve women in your church, we're here to help you. Whether that's studying you, women's ministry combination, none of those, whatever that is, we're here to support you and help you. And it is our hope to see every woman in community and on mission. And when we think about every woman, we want to think about all the different women in our church, different ages, different stations in life, different ethnicities, whatever it is. We want to be thinking in women's ministry about how are we connecting, what's available for every woman in our church. Now, every woman in your church is probably not going to be involved, and that's okay, but have you thought about her? That's a challenge we have. But also with every woman, I want to challenge leaders, how are you thinking about women outside your church, not just the women inside your church? And that's a great example of how you're connecting to people outside your church. It also is a great example of in community. I mean, is there more, like, I just, this is happening everywhere. I'm going to let you tell a story in just a second, Donna, about what you've done as well. But this kind of, 
let's get together and crochet or learn how to can or make biscuits or whatever. This is happening all over our state in churches a lot. Um, I think there's a real interest in those things again. And women are coming, it's the old quilting bee, right? It's just like our great-grandmother sitting around their living rooms quilting, but we're sitting together and we're crocheting or whatever and we're talking and we're sharing life in community, right? And then on mission, you're serving your community in the things that you're doing. And so I just, I think that's a perfect way to engage. It may start small, and it's okay that it's not a lot of women from your church. It's connecting with women outside your church and engaging them. And then the hope is that you have opportunity to share Christ with them. Um, and, to, you know, here's why we're giving you, Mr. Deputy, we're giving you this Afghan, because we love Jesus, and we know he loves you too. And we want you to know. So I think that's great. Yeah, we're called Covered with Love. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And um, so That's really good. I'm going to come back. We're gonna, I know somebody else had answers to what's been successful. But I want to hear, Donna, tell us what you did in a similar way, your, your scrapbooking group. Yes, I'm a paper crafter. So um, about 10 years I started a, a, just a place for women to come and scrapbook because it's hard to do at home. And... So we meet once a month, first Friday. I'm there for 12 hours, and it's actually all. Why are you there for 12 hours? Because you don't scrapbook for an hour. Okay. You, if you're <laughs> going to drag all your stuff, you're going to you want to be there many hours. Okay. So the women come and go, but I'm there. Oh, mostly. okay. During the day? 12 to midnight. Wow. 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 Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then I, my husband and I have date night and reset the fellowship hall. That's our date night. But anyway, um, okay. I was you need some marriage counseling too, Donna. <laughs> pretty sad. We'll talk later. <laughs> but it's really turned about be the the best outreach thing because it's mostly ladies from the community. I may have two Salem ladies there, but the other twenty five are just people that scrapbook and they come into the building and we just love on them for twelve hours. Do a devotion. I give out scripture word art every time. So that's fantastic. Yeah, I love yeah. It. so that's a great, great idea. Mm -hmm. All right, somebody else. Another idea that's been really successful in the last eighteen to twenty-four months. Yes, ma'am. Um, so I know. Well, the church that I go to, it's a larger church. It's a mega church, but they weren't always a mega church. Right. Um, they had to start out from somewhere. I think they started with five members, maybe. Wow. But anyway, um, the first lady, Pastor Taffy, she has what's called Taffy Talks at the church for women where we get together once a month, and there's just different topics that we talk about. Uh, one month we did a vision board where we're all coming together, all different ages, and we have a vision board where we're, you know, putting our, what we want to see in our lives to manifest. So we're doing a vision board. We may have um, a subject talking about depression or whatever, you know, ladies are going through. So it's a really good way for us to connect and learn each other, especially in a church of that size. Right. Um, so we have that. And then she does the women's conference every year, which is amazing. Um, where she has different speakers. Women speakers come from all different countries. And we have different sessions on finances. Um, beauty, just so many different things, and it's been going really well. Yeah, yeah. 
Let's talk a little bit more about this discussion group because I think that's something that can be replicated in a church of any size. So when you get there, like, do you know the topic in advance? Yeah, they tell us in advance. And they do a poll, right, to uh-huh. see what are some topics that women in the church that we would be interested in. And then is there a leader, somebody who maybe is an expert in that issue or that mm-hmm. topic? Mm-hmm. and? Um, So how does that work? Yeah, it's a subject matter expert, um, so she'll have someone come and speak. Or, for instance, like the vision board, right? We just get together and we have. But if it's a certain topic, maybe on finances, there's a financial expert that comes in and they share their knowledge with us. Uh And we're able to ask questions. It's a QA. and a Now, if you had a bigger group, then do they break down into smaller groups for the discussion? Breakout sessions, yes. Yep, yep. Okay, that's really good. Again, in community, what do women want to do? They want to talk. And I think sometimes in some of our churches, a barrier with some women is we're not talking about what they want to talk about. I mean, just to be really honest, in women's ministry, uh, we may have an agenda for them, but it's just not where they are in life. And and how are we thinking about where women are and asking them, what are your need? what are your spiritual needs, what are your emotional needs? I mean, we're not doing therapy with women here. But, um, but I think that's a great, it, it may not be the full meat of your ministry, but some great, what are some entry points for women into the work that you're doing, into ministry opportunities? So I think that's a great idea. Thanks for sharing that. Yes, ma'am. Just to piggyback off of what you were just saying, we, we have had a very successful turnout when one of our members, who is a medical doctor, um, actually had a women's medical um, we had a Q&A where a lot of people um, were able to just talk very candidly about uh, health issues and diet issues. And so what we did um, during the women's ministry, because she is a medical doctor, she was the subject expert, people were asking questions about um, things that they hear anyway from their primary care physician, but it was in a completely different setting. Um, that was very successful. That's great. Um, and was that like a Saturday event? It was Saturday. We had breakfast first and then um, opened up the floor. And, you know, she introduced herself, gave her credentials, and then brought in. The first time she did it, she, asked, she did question and answers for just issues that people might feel um, comfortable talking about. The next time we did it, which was like the following year, she brought in uh, specialists like um, breast cancer specialists, mm-hmm. high blood pressure, um, cardiovascular. I mean, you just brought in people yeah. that yeah. you could talk to. Um, that was very successful. That's a great idea. Mm-hmm. That's a great idea. Mm-hmm. And, and here again, that's not the whole meat of your women's ministry. Obviously, we want to help women grow in the Lord. We want to help them, you know, become committed disciples, growing disciples of Christ that are then sharing that with others and are on mission. But these are great kind of entry point events. Uh, used to, when I was in collegiate ministry, we talked about events that were front door events. You had living room events. You had kitchen events. Like, when you're just walking in the door, what's the event that somebody feels comfortable, maybe even a front porch event. They're not yet sure they want to walk in your house. They're not that comfortable with you. But they'll come and sit on your front porch a little bit. What's that event? These types of things 
Those are great ideas for that. What are some subjects like that that women want to connect to? Then your next level might be inviting them to a six-week Bible study. And then, you know, eventually maybe it's a longer in-depth thing or a mission trip. But yes, ma'am. I was going to picky off of you, uh, Miss Beverly, just to say meet and greets, right? Yeah. I, I know uh, Miss Virginia and I were talking over here about how do you get women more involved in church. Um, and I think Mary Cox, yeah. Mary Cox over there, she was talking about it was more of ministry. Uh, ministers wives but spiritual gifts having like uh, them take a spiritual gifts test to see yeah. like what are your spiritual gifts a lot of women don't know that and then from there uh, maybe that'll help them that's a great idea yeah, yeah that's great all right somebody else something in your church that has been really successful in the last 18 to 24 months yes ma'am we're um, real excited to be serving and helping our young girls and student girls. Okay. We have just had the best time. Um, everything from um, last month, we invited them to come help do our freezer meals. We we prepare 50 to 75 meals every once a month wow. for our shut-ins. Uh-huh. And uh, we let them come and help us. And then we made jump ropes for the boxes out of torn t-shirts and things like that. But we've also had a missions night where we did it together with the girls and the women coming together. And also we did things like we had a hostess with the mostest night and we taught them how to set a table, how oh, to make a centerpiece, how to make, um, you know, plan a menu, make an appetizer. And... It's just been so fun. I kind of feel like in my place, we may have missed our 20 and 30 year olds, but we're going to try to catch them younger. <laughs> That's great. And their mothers come. That's cool too, because their mothers are coming with them. So All right, I'm the just, youngest ones. I'm putting a couple of things. What'd you call that? Where they learned the table settings? Hostess with the mostest. Okay. So that was really geared to them. like. Yes. It wasn't just them uh, participating in something you're already doing. That was an event for them. We did uh -huh. some things especially for them. We put on a tea this year just for them. A tea. For the young girls uh -huh. with teapots and everything. Real tea. Uh -huh. Just for them. And then some things we invite them to join us in our project. Because we want them to learn how to be missionaries, right? Yeah. yeah so exactly. what better way to let them help make a meal? And then we took them with us to visit the older people. Oh, that's good. In, so. That's really good. That's great. I just was saying, Mountain Abbey movie is opening September the 20th. You want to do a tea party for young girls and you pull it off fast? <laughs> that's the weekend to do it. Like, why not? piggyback off of that. Um, I, actually, I don't know if young girls watch Downton Abbey, but if you want to do it for women in their 40s, I would say. Sort of piggybacking off that, a lot of times people think that we've sort of passed the time when we have like a tea, like for women. We call it a tea, but it's really a dinner. Uh -huh. On Friday night we, figured, we found out that's a better time. Uh, but it has so much more of a purpose than we, we will have 300 women and for 15 years we've had this 300 women uh, wow. who come at your and, church that at averages church. 600 in right. attendance right. that's incredible we have 300 women every year and they're sort of like let us know when you're going to have the tea let us know when you're going to have the tea so it is an outreach in the community because we try to make it evangelistic but what we do is we come up with for the last 15 years we've come up with a 
theme every year, a different theme, and we have 40 hostesses that do it. And what we do is, it has to be china, it has to be dishes. Mm -hmm. It can't be paper, you know, it can be, it doesn't have to be fine china, but it has to be dishes. And what we have seen is we have 40 women who help each other do their tables. Mm -hmm. It's not a competition. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so we have chair covers and sashes on the chairs. And, and yeah. but what we do, just like one year with, um, we decided to do the, an international tea and we got the we borrowed the flags from the WMU, mm -hmm. and they surrounded the Family Life Center, and the hostesses each picked a nation, oh. and they had to do their table. They decorated, and the tables are amazing because it's that woman expressing herself. Right. And we don't right. give for, you know we give an overall general theme, but they but what they thought, the younger women are learning to set a proper table. Yeah. You know, and that sounds so old school, and we think it's not important, but my son went to Liberty University and took a business class. He had to learn how, which forks to use, right? you right. know, those kind of things. So it's an opportunity for the older women to teach the younger women how, so they do the centerpiece and they do the, you know, it's, it's just amazing. And so they actually were supposed to contact their mission, they were supposed to contact a missionary in their country and try to get information back from their country. And so one of the girls actually, did a black and white table because, of course, there's a black flag for the countries that you can't say missionaries are in because uh -huh. they're undercover, mm -hmm. because they're under in danger if you know they're there. So one of the one of the tables was a black flag, and that was just really moving. And we had a lady come um, who had actually taken my daughter to Jamaica and high school on a mission trip to to talk about missions. So, That's but good. we have a different thing every year. But yeah. it's what time of the year do you do that? Huh? We usually do in the spring. Yeah. So many are many churches you've either heard about or you've done the Christmas dinner where people are decorating the tables. I'm hearing from more and more churches it's so hard to do those Christmas dinners uh, for scheduling on church calendars and this and that. So that's a great way. Um, we try to do it before softball, baseball season starts. Yeah, there you go. So that's a great way to still do that same idea, but do it at a different time of the year. Okay, one or two more. Really successful. What what's going well? Here's the easy one. Yeah. Um, Bible studies. Sometimes we segregate people, women that do Bible studies and women do serving. Right so now, all my Bible study ladies, we have a missions project every study. There you go. Easy. Get them. Get them going. Great. Okay. Include mission projects and Bible studies. Okay. I have some crazy handwriting. So I apologize. Uh, people see my handwriting all the time. They'll look at a page. Well, this is really quick and fast, but I'll write a whole, if I've handwritten a whole page, people look at it, they're like, you're the coolest handwriting. I'm like, try to read that. Tell me if you can read it. And they're like, oh, yeah. Uh, it looks real cool, but you can't read it. Um, I'm real sorry about that. All right, another one more. Yes, ma'am. So we've done kind of like those um, craft places or paint places where you go and yeah. paint. And we've done that in the church where we, um, you know, women bought a ticket and they would always invite a friend um, and have an artist there who was a painting. We've done a painting before. Mm -hmm. um, we've also done the burlap wreath. So your your ticket price included like your wire wreath uh -huh. and your burlap and then you bought your own accents that you wanted on yeah. that. And we would have, you know, coffee and cupcakes and things like that. Yeah. Typically on a Friday evening. I'm just going to write paint wreath night. Like, I know that idea. And I know a woman who will do that for you at your church um, who is in Cordell. 
So a little bit far from here, but if you're on the southern end, like if you came from the south a little bit up from here, she's been a women's ministry leader. She's been to Salem a few years ago, um, and she does the wreaths, and she'll come to your church and do a party like that. So we did a women's retreat at Tacoma and got the paint lady to come do the paint party at our retreat. Uh huh. That was great. That's a good idea. That's great. Okay. Anybody have anything they want to share? So these are all really successful ideas. Anybody have anything they want to share that they've tried to do that was a total flop? You think, that was a great idea, we thought. And then it turns out it wasn't. <laughs> Anybody got anything like that that you would say, this seemed good, but I don't think you ought to try to do it. <coughs> May not have as many of those. And that's okay. I like to ask, anything you've done that you absolutely will not do again? Cookbooks. Tell me about that. <laughs> well, when I took, when I was asked to, to take over so that we could have a women's on missions group, the leader before had started a cookbook and didn't finish it. And then lost all the recipes. So we had to basically start over again. But everybody in the church was saying they wanted cookbooks. And they wanted them to be able to give them for gifts. So we were running about 150, 200 people in the church at the time before our new pastor came. And um, uh, so I ordered 300 cookbooks. And we had the children draw... The, the pictures for the dividers from Children in Action. Mm -hmm. So we have the children's photos in it. And then we thought, well, the parents from the Children in Action will buy books too. Not a single parent has bought a book. I, we've, I think we've sold maybe 125, mm -hmm. 150 books. And uh, <laughs> I know we still owe to pay the church back for these books. And um, we've been selling them at, at uh, Covered with Love does a, um, a Christmas bazaar uh -huh. that goes for three days. Uh -huh. And so we've been selling them there too. We're selling them everywhere we can think of to try and get rid of these books. Mm -hmm. And all these people in the church that kept saying they wanted these books. Uh -huh. They're not buying them. They're not buying them. Yeah, don't do a good book. <laughs> Moral of that story, don't go cookbook. We were at a church a few weeks ago uh, for a training event. They were hosting us. But some of the women in the church made lunch, and they, there was something that was great. I mean, this really uh, great casserole. What was that pineapple salad? What, is that what it was? I don't know what it was, but it was really good. And um, so they had a cookbook for the church, and they had the recipe in it. And uh, but this sweet lady that hosted us, she just made copies of the recipe and gave it to everybody. And I thought, we that's very sweet. And you're never gonna sell your cookbooks. I felt sorry for. Her. I was like, oh well, thank you though for the recipe. <laughs> okay, let's talk about this. What about uh, resources? What are some resources you've used in women's ministry that have been really helpful? Either that you, as a leader, you've said, yes, we did this, or you have been a participant and you really liked it. By resources, I'm talking about Bible studies, 
uh, maybe it's uh, an app or a website or something like that that you have found really helpful for women that you want to share those ideas with each other. Yes, ma'am. I actually did not use this in the church. I used it for my birthday. I have found that women like to receive invitations through Evite of an event. Uh -huh. So let's just say, for instance, you're going to have a Bible study, and it's going to be maybe apologetics. That's what you're going to talk about. Well, you go out and you create the invitation, and you know, invite as many people as you want. But long story short, everybody gets a name card, and they like it. That's I, a great yeah, idea. I've done that for about four or five years, and I'm noticing. It. In fact, one person told me, um, because I do it all, I do, I'll do it every year around the same time, and I was late sending out the invitation one year, and she was like, I'm just in here waiting on my invitation. I, I know you're going to send it. So I found that to be something that women like. Okay, let's just let me let me just unpack this for us a little bit. So you're saying uh, I'm in First Baptist small town Georgia. Mm -hmm. Maybe instead of or in addition to putting an ad in my bulletin or a poster in my charge, I actually have email addresses for women, and we do an evite like you would get to a birthday party. Or I got an evite this week to a, uh, my husband's doing a wedding ceremony in a few weeks and we've got invited the rehearsal dinner by evite um, so that you're inviting women so they're kind of getting a personal invitation to the thing that's a great idea that is a really great idea I like that a lot gotta have all those email addresses right you do have to have a lot of email addresses a lot of work up front but it would be any secret to how you get the email addresses? This is how we got okay this is how we okay we have inside, similar to your church, what we have is the women of worship. Women of worship is divided into categories. So you've got Titus II for seasoned women. You've got praying wives. You've got breaking free. And you have LOV. LOV. So within each one of these, you have two to three facilitators. Each time they come, which is once a month, you, you sign in and you put your name, your address, your cell phone number, so the facilitators already have your information. Yeah. You don't have to go to seek it out. So a habit you have to get into is at whatever event you have for women, you're collecting contact information for the women in that group. Mm -hmm. So well, however that's happening in your church, it may look different than four groups that meet once a month, but that you're collecting that information. When uh, a new family joins your church, you're getting her contact information. I think that's, uh, we might talk about that in a second, about what do you do to greet new women who come to your church. Um, but that's a great idea. All right, what else? What other resources, Bible studies, apps, websites, anything? I was looking for that women's ministry toolbox to make sure I was saying it correctly. But yeah. That's it, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. Women's ministry toolbox. Why don't you tell us about that, Donna? Um, the... The creator of it is a long-time women's ministry director, and she has articles, she has, you can get training on there, um, she even gives tips like Dayspring's got a sale, and here's where you can get some good door prizes, I mean, she, just all icebreakers, themes, um, just tons of 
Yeah. She does, reviews Bible studies. She does a lot. Yeah. Super easy. Google Women's Ministry Toolbox. Um, you can sign up to get emails. I get our emails two or three times a week. Um, but, and I, you know, I'll glance at the title of the email. I don't necessarily read them all. Uh, but there may be something that's relevant to me. But I'll tell you, I mean, if nothing else, it is a great resource for icebreakers. Um, if, if you're doing events and you want to help women get to know each other, you have a discussion group, you decide you're going to try this idea of let's gather around the topic and talk, but then how do I help them relax and talk to each other? She's got some great ideas there for that, but she's got a lot, of, a lot more than just that. There's a lot of good stuff there. Yeah. One resource that we really have used a lot is um, like Mary Cox, GBC, because when we are getting speakers for our women's event, whether it's our tea or ladies' night or whatever, it's hard to know sometimes who you can have, who you can trust their message and all yeah. that. And so if Mary has had them at a minister's wives retreat or a um, GBC luncheon, you know, I feel like they've been vetted and so I can trust their message. So we get most of our speakers that way for our events. So Mary Cox, um, for those of you who don't know, Mary Cox works with Georgia Baptist Mission Board with Ministry Wives. And so she does events in particular for Ministry Wives. Um, we do the same thing in women's ministry. So uh, we get, I get calls all the time asking me for speaker recommendations. Um, I do not, on purpose, on purpose, I do not put out a list of speaker recommendations because... Um, for a variety of reasons, but um, one of them is uh, just simply it's it's a lot of work to maintain a list like right. that. Um, and so, but we are happy to share with you people that we maybe have had recently that we know are good um, speakers and, and would be good in churches. So uh, we're a great resource for that. I can I can do that for you as well. Um, and and we know folks. I know a lot. I know what it's like in your churches. Um, <laughs> I mean, even us and our state work that we do. We have a statewide conference for women, and uh, I, I, I'll be real transparent with you. It is shocking to me when we learn what people want us to pay them to come speak at our events. Um, it is shocking, and so I, I understand that. And so, it, hear me say, even in a statewide event, we can't afford a lot of speakers uh, that women like to listen to. Um, and so we also keep a lot of tabs on who's willing to come to your church if you'll pay their expenses and maybe a hundred dollar honorarium um, and, and it's still a really good speaker that your women are going to like and, and so some things like that um, and we can be a resource for you and a help in uh, I, I talk with churches about this a lot how much do we pay a woman for coming um, and, and what are some expectations there um, so we can help with that as well. That's we had a funny thing happen one time years ago before Anita Renfro was Anita Renfro. Uh -huh. uh, if you know who she is with Women of Faith, I met her at a Georgia Baptist Associational meeting, mm -hmm. you know, and we thought, she would be great to come to our church. Well, we didn't have any idea who we had, mm -hmm. you know, and so she, at that time, years ago, her fee was like $1,500. Yeah. So we sort of held our breath and had a heart attack, and then we said, you know, we just really think the Lord is in it and whatever. And women came out of the woodwork. And we actually made $1,500. Wow. <laughs> we paid her and made fifteen, and only charged $15, you know, for the So, I mean, sometimes it's like it's worth who you have if you can do it. Right. To right. 
because you know it was a great event. Sure. And it ended up we we funded a lot of mission projects with the Northern Fro. That's great. That's great. Either resource. Did you have a resource suggestion? I was just going to say social media. Yeah. That's like a no-brainer to some yeah. people, mm -hmm. but depending on the gen population or the generation of women in your church. Yeah. Social media is huge. Facebook Live, Instagram Stories, Snapchat. Yeah. On that line, I want to mention a couple of things. Um, if you're not familiar with um, a couple of things, you probably just want to be familiar with these things to know what women, especially younger women, are watching and listening to and looking at. Um, the She Reads Truth app. Uh, they publish Bible study after Bible study. This is not an endorsement. This is be aware of these. Be aware these things are out there. Now I, I don't have any problem with the She Reads Truth app, but they do good stuff. They publish a lot of Bible studies. Some of them you can pay for. Some of them are free. Every day, women. Um, every day they put out a new devotion in their app. So especially as you're thinking about younger women, this is this is how they're getting it. Um, is on their phone. I I work with a lot of young women. I'm not that woman. I want a book because if I've got my phone during my quiet time, I'm distracted by other things on my phone. But there are many women who are more disciplined than me. And so they're they're using their phones for, for Bible study. So She Reads Truth is one of them. Um, they've got they got an app, they got website, they got it all. Um, another that um, is not an endorsement, but just to be aware of is something called If Gathering. Hmm. And um, if gathering is pretty popular, um, you're saying if, <laughs> if, gathering, and uh, if gathering has resources called if table, they, they do a lot of different things. Um, so there are women out there, uh, you may hear about if gathering does a conference every year and they simulcast it, and there are a lot of churches or groups that will host the simulcast of the if gathering. This is not an endorsement. <laughs> of the gathering. Let me say that. Um, I just want you to know that it's there and it, it exists and it happens. So um, that's that's another resource. What else? First five. First five. Yeah, tell me. I'm not really familiar with I first five. I did it five. this summer with a young woman I'm discipling and we really enjoyed it. Okay, what is it? Um, it's from Proverbs 31, but right. Whitney Capps started it. Yeah. And uh, it's her thing was if we can get in the Word for just five minutes first thing in the morning. So it's a short devotion, and um, they're going through First uh, Peter right now. And then there's a, a prayer and a question. Uh -huh. And there's um, you can click on more if you want to go a little bit deeper, like into maybe some of the Hebrew meanings or something like that. But it's been great for me to do with this younger woman because it's quick. Is it an app? Uh, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's really good. That's a good word. Yes, ma'am. Um, I personally love the encourage material, and it's I, I N. Yeah. And N is in parentheses. Yeah. 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 Um, Are they still doing I stuff? N. Yeah. I just got their Bible, and we're um, doing a women's Bible study at church right now, put out by Encourage, and it's called Just Open the Door. And I think Jen Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. And it's about. Yes, Jenny Schmidt, that's right. Yeah. And it's um, talking about biblical hospitality mm -hmm. and the way that we, especially in the South, look at hospitality, like cooking dinner, cleaning your house, having people over. Um, 
getting away from that and looking at biblical hospitality. But so anything that I've kind of come across with that branding on it has been really good. Yeah, encourage. There's a lot of Bible study author speakers who kind of maybe got their start with Encourage even and have branched off like Emily Freeman. I think she was part of Encourage. Annie Downs even. So, uh, yeah, that's good. Yes, ma'am. Um, this one is it's kind of old. But that's all right. We use it throughout all of our ministries in our church and particularly uh, when our core team needs to be on the same accord and it's just group me. Mm-hmm. Where group me, a, yeah. yeah, group me, just like a texting app, and every, it's real time, and you can all be on the same page, respond to each other. You know, I mean, it's good for small groups. Um, it's good. We used it when we went away on our retreat to make sure that you know all the ladies that were registered, we created a group for them. Hey, ladies, such and such is about to start. You know, just to keep everybody on on that. But we we in the core team definitely use that quite often. That's a good word. My husband is a is currently the Baptist campus minister at Georgia Tech, and uh, that's how their all their students communicate with each other, not just their leadership students, all their students. So he's in all these group meet things, and they talk to each other at like midnight. And he doesn't turn his phone on silent when we go to bed because there's a crisis at the BCM and he needs to know about it, right? So I have a personal hate relationship with Gurdjieff. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really don't. <laughs> but it is a great communication tool, yeah. What else? Any other resources? Something I want to mention to you uh, that some of you know in this room, but I want to be certain that you have all heard it. In our office, um, I've got Lifeway catalogs. I've got a few of them left back there. Um, All the Lifeway Bible studies, all the video-driven Bible studies that they publish, we get a copy of them in our office. And so we maintain a library to serve our churches. And so if you are interested in a Lifeway Bible study for the women of your church, but it's expensive. I mean, a lot of them are expensive to buy those video kits. you may check it out from us. And uh, you contact me, and if we have it available, I only have one copy usually of each one. Um, but if I have it available, uh, I'll send it to you at our cost. And if you're far away and it's too expensive for your church to just mail it back to us, we'll work out something to get somebody who can pick it up or whatever. But usually when I loan it to a church, the church is at least willing to pay that return postage to get it back to us. Um, and so you are... What I say, I have a list of them. I didn't print it out for you, but I have a list. If you email me, I can just say, I can email you a list of what we have available. Or pretty much, if you look in the Lifeway catalog and there's something that interests you, just send me an email and say, hey, we want, I I have just opened the door, even though that's not a Lifeway study. I mean, sometimes I have others too. But you can say, uh, we saved you a seat. That's that's one that, similar to the just open the door. Um, so you can check those out from us. That's one of the things um, we make available to you, Debbie. Well, I'm not I'm not using it this year, but I will share. Yeah, tell us about group it. group um, publishing. Um, they do retreats in a box because we were always struggling with um, not being able to afford a speaker and um, not knowing what to do. And it's everything you need in that one little box and it only cost about $70, $75 maybe. And um, it gives you the graphics for posters, your name tags. It has all your session leader guides and then you're able to enlist 
different women in your church to take a session. Everything they need to teach on is there, so it's not threatening where they have to come up with all the material. And uh, the music's in there um, that you need, and you just have to get a participant guide. So it makes it very affordable to do a, an away trip. Usually there's six sessions. That's great. That's fantastic. And how about y'all, I don't want to put you on the spot, but haven't some other churches borrowed ones that you've yes, already done? They have. Yeah, so it, some churches have traded those around mm -hmm. as well. I think that's really helpful. Let me say this as we just kind of as a, a point of encouragement. Sometimes if you're in a little bitty church or even a bigger church, it can feel like, wow, you know, we, we just can't do all those things in our church. We we can't have a retreat or we can't have you know, we don't know any doctors that can come speak to our women. A um, couple of things I'd encourage you. I talked to a, a woman just a little while ago that Debbie brought in, another woman named Debbie, and she said, we, we want to do something, but we don't know where to start. Um, and the number one thing I'd say is start with Bible study. Just start with Bible study, whatever that is, whether that's, um, you know, one of the benefits of the video-driven Bible studies is you don't have to have someone who's willing to teach Bible study. That intimidates a lot of people. Finding a leader is intimidating for them. Um, but you could say, you know what, we're going to do a six-week study, and if we could get six women, everybody takes one week, and they just facilitate. Like, all you got to do is be willing to buy your workbook and do your homework and come, and then you can just facilitate a conversation. The workbook tells you how to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it doesn't have to be hard and intimidating for your women. But you're going to do well for women if you get them in the Word of God and you start there. And women are going to talk, they're going to pray together, they're going to get in the Word, and God's going to use that. And so I would say, start in the Word. The other thing I would encourage you, and this is one of the things I like about what Debbie has done in those retreats, um, it doesn't have to be the group publishing material, though I'm sure that's good. Women, younger women in your church... They want to hear from women in your church. The speakers are good, but they're not nearly as good as we want to hear from one another. They want to know, okay, I'm going to tell, I'm sorry, tell me your name one more time. Vanessa, mm -hmm. I'm going to pick on you just for a second, okay, but don't be offended. They want to know from somebody who's got a little bit of gray hair, how'd you make it? That's what they want to hear. And they want to hear it from a woman. They can touch her and they're going to see her again next week, they want to know your story. If you were in Cindy's session, she said they're doing some things at First Jackson, events called Behind the Fine. Behind the, the answer, how are you? I'm okay, I'm fine, I'm fine. Getting beyond that, they're having some discussion-type groups. I am telling you, I don't know, there's a lot I don't know. And I'd be stretched to say I'm an expert on young women, but I can promise you this. They want to hear the stories of older women, women who are older than them. You don't have to be older. You have to be older than them. They want to learn from you and, and from the other women of your church. And that can be, I know, listen, I, I don't always just want to sit down and tell my whole life story either. A lot of us don't want to do that, and I think there's some spiritual issues there that we've got to work through. It's, but that's what God calls us to, right? That's the Titus 2 model that God calls us to. They want to hear. I don't care that it was perfect. Matter of fact, they'd rather hear that it wasn't perfect. But let me tell you about God. 
who did the work anyway, and God who redeemed me, and God who forgave me. They want to hear from women in your church. And so uh, we've got a leader in South Georgia that uh, they did this several years ago. They just picked several topics. They have, She was a leader. She good-sized church. She knew women in her church who had struggled with all those things, whether it was you know infidelity in a marriage or whether it was whatever it was, uh, depression. And she, they did a video thing where she interviewed the woman. She told her story on that topic. I can't remember the name of this, but um, anyway, they met on Thursday nights for like maybe, maybe six of these, and they had all the women at tables, and they had a table leader. And, and they watched the video about 20 minutes. A woman in their church, a woman in their church on video. Then they had a woman at the table, a woman in their church, not trained, just a woman willing to be a leader. They'd given her discussion questions. They all talked about that. They had scripture that went with it. They talked about the scripture. They talked about the issue. How have you dealt with this in your own life or in your family? What have you seen? One of the most successful things they did because they're, you're learning from one another in the church. So let me encourage you that way. All right, what do you want to add? I was just going to agree with you, being of the younger generation. The thing that I liked about Miss Mary Cox, yeah, she was very transparent, mm -hmm. and we mm -hmm. gravitate. I like the title you said, Behind the Fine. Yeah. yeah. We, we want that. And exactly. I, and for, for me, well, every church that I've gone to, God has led me to that church. And the women in that church, they're very transparent with how they overcame you know, the ministry or church heard or... So I was just agreeing with you. That's what we want to hear. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So wherever you are, whatever size church you have, you really have the resources you need. You've got the Holy Spirit, you've got His Word, and you've got women. And they need and want to be in relationship with one another. And it may just take some encouragement. Now listen, I know what it's like. I know you got women you're going to go home and say, would you do this? No, they're going to give you 42 reasons they can't do that. And sometimes you just got to say to that woman, okay, thank you very much. I'll move it on. You know, and, and if she doesn't want to, she doesn't want to. But um, I also believe that there are women out there that will share their stories with some encouragement and with some, I see what God has done in your life and other people need to hear it. And, and some encouragement to be confident in that and some coaching. So... All right, we've got just a few more minutes. What questions do you want to ask other people who lead women's ministry that you've not already been able to ask? I heard you say something about uh, reaching new members. Yeah. So who's doing that well? I don't really have a, like, how to do it, but I'm just saying. And I send them something, printed stuff, but I was wondering if there's something else. Yeah, anybody else done something really well with connecting with new church members? A family joins, an individual joins, you connect with that woman. Anybody doing that well? Yeah, okay. So, <laughs> alright, let's just raise a level of awareness about that. But that's a great place to be connecting. Uh, I joined a church several years ago, not the church I currently go to, but another church I went to join the church and uh, they had a Christmas tea, you know, Christmas thing for the women, tables decorated thing. And uh, I happened to join in the fall. So that was good. And the pastor's wife came by and met me and she said, we have this thing coming up for women in a few weeks. I want you to sit at my table. And I didn't know anybody and that made all the difference to me. And so 
how can you be real per I mean, just remember, those women... Now, sometimes in my church, people join and they'll say, well, they've been visiting here for 18 months. I'm like, oh, well, how about that? <laughs> they probably know more people than I do if they've been visiting that long. Um, but So sometimes they're already connected, but a lot of times they're not. But how... Be thinking about how do we, those new women that come in, how do we connect with them? What else? Any other questions? Anything? Or you came to go Georgia and you hoped you would learn and you haven't. Is there anything like that? <laughs> I have some projects that we do throughout the year. Yeah. Like this Sunday, uh, we're having a birthday party for the entire church. Oh. We have like 12 tables, 12 homemade cakes. And people have to sit at their yeah. table that um, their month, their month, and the people they com don't communicate with every. They'll see them, but they don't communicate. They don't know the story, right? And so we do that. That's a great idea, and that's a great. That's just another. How do we just help people get in groups and community? And, we, and I also have a scrapbook club called the Ladybug Scrappers. And we meet on Saturday once a month, all day long. I feed them, and it's just a good. And, and there's so many people you run into that that scrapbook that want a, a place to come yeah. outside the church. And uh, we do a re uh, we do soldier boxes uh -huh. that um, we send out each month. We do um, shut-ins. We do the Christmas operation. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We keep a project going just about all year long. That's we do the, we support the pregnancy center in um, Fayetteville with diapers. We had a baby shower for them. That's a great idea. And, um, we sell a baby bottle money. Yeah. yeah, for the pregnancy centers. That's a great idea. But we do a lot of projects that are, you know. That's good. I like that birthday party. That's fun. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, ladies. You have had great ideas. I hope this has been helpful for you. Um, let me just say a couple of real quick things. Um, if you have not been with me yet, and this is your first time, if you want to fill out a card and leave me some information, that will put you, I can, you'll get on our email list, and I promise it's not that much. Um, <laughs> um, you'll get emails from us to know events that we have going on. Um, and then also in that packet, you didn't get a black folder. Um, if you haven't gotten a black folder, we've got a few more of those back there. All of my contact information is in there. You can reach out to me, and um, I am glad to help you any way I can. Um, so, that's all. Thank, Thank you all very much. Thank you. Yeah.